1: From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hello, hello, this is the COB. All the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm Carla Rodman. I do
0: really like it when we're a little bit more colour coordinated. It's uh, looking fantastic because it's, well, basically the only thing that's really looking fantastic today. Again. I think it's basically almost every sector lower. Uh, at the very least, the market's down by about 1.4%.
1: Yeah, pretty bad. And uh, we've got US futures looking pretty negative. We've got Asian markets looking very negative. It's just that kind of a day. And that's despite the fact that it looks as if we'll have that debt ceiling, well, deal passed in the United States. It's, it's back to those fundamentals, you know, those mm-hmm. important things like, growth and recession and rates.
0: And speculation about AI, how about that is a fundamental theme. But um, let's see if we can get the SIBO 200 uh, just a little bit of a glance on that now. There you can see it's up by 1.3%. Like I said mm. before, uh, the ASX 300, I think, is closer to 1.4%. And uh, for the month, it actually looks like it's going to finish down by about 2.7% because, of course, this is May 31st. Last day of the month, so um, ending off on a, on a pretty sour note, then
1: yeah, sure is. And the week started with so much enthusiasm, mm-hmm. but we have given up all of Monday's gains and then some. Um, so we'll continue to keep our eye on what's going on out there. But if misery loves company, we do have Japan's Nikkei off by 1.4 percent, so it hasn't been this low uh, for quite some time. But you know, don't forget that we had those Japanese markets around 30 year highs, so some profit taking coming in, got US dollar strength. Um, there just seems to be a little bit of a toxic mix out there right now for markets. We've got commodity prices coming off, yeah. you know, Newcastle coal prices coming yeah. off, and and in that is where you can sort of get our three themes, because yeah. so much coming for the RBA today.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, like you said before, it's uh, that growth story seems to be feeling fairly, fairly negative, and uh, well, I guess it's this question around this narrow path, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And um, I was thinking about it today. Maybe it's a little bit semantic, but if it's such a narrow path, it would probably imply that there are other paths that are a little bit wider that aren't the paths that we want to be on. And that means that it's less likely that they're going to be able to get down that narrow path and (laughs) avoid a recession. So does this mean this is like a a low probability bet here that they're actually going to be able to
1: pull this off. I think so. Yeah, I think so now. I I was getting all, like, confused with the paths and the narrow and the but yes. It must
0: by necessity mean that there are other paths that are far wider, which, you know. uh,
1: Yeah, well... I think that the conditions in the wake of this inflation read today have narrowed that path and more, if it's we can say. Not
0: the most probable outcome. No, Therefore, it's not.
1: I just had a chat with Stephen Kukulis. We'll put that up online shortly. <laughs> so look, um, he reckons that the RBA should still just cool its guns, wait after that surprise rate hike, see what happens, see what comes to fruition. He says inflation clearly has peaked, despite the fact that it, this read today came in hotter than expected, and that. Um, you know it's it's the time to just be a bit more prudent considering that narrow path but he does not reckon he thinks that today sort of put the nail in the coffin for any conversation about rate cuts in fy 23 or calendar 23 i should say so yeah global growth concerns the narrow path which really you know Kyle's not willing to meander down and then you know we had a lot of conversation come from from the RBA um you know about productivity there's just so much uh, of a conversation out there
0: yeah, there is. And uh, well, maybe we'll look at some of the actual sectors now um, that's, uh, well, we're driving the, the, the losses today because you mentioned coal prices in particular, yeah. uh, Whitehaven and New Hope really at the bottom of the table here. We, we can only see Whitehaven on, on this chart, but down about five and a half percent.
1: I, I got the rest of them on in this ah, other one. There you go. go. I've always got your back. Don't worry. Oil. But I think it's worthwhile mentioning as well, oil. Yeah. You know, oil was down. Um, the the You know, the Northern Hemisphere summer is the start. Yeah, the driving season and the Memorial Day weekend was not crash hot. So that has again, you know, raised some concerns about uh, the pace of growth there, potential recession. So yeah, oil was down, but it's really those Newcastle coal prices taking uh, a real toll. On these core cool companies here in Australia. Yeah,
0: and uh, the retailers too. Yep. Um, also, still in focus. We had a couple
1: Look at West Bombers. That's a big drop.
0: Yeah, I don't know if there's anything behind it. I mean, it was certainly off more today than it was up yesterday mm-hmm. after that strategy day. So, um, something to kind of perhaps consider there. Maybe, um, I guess, a lagged effect of, of the, the, the announcement came out. The, the messaging was very dour from Rob Scott, of course. But, I mean, those discretionary aims clearly weak as well. Lavisa, the, the um, that's a
1: yeah, it's just a reflection of the fact that now you know the market is pricing in the you know a bigger chance of seeing another hike coming through from the RBA in the wake of that inflation data. Whether or not it happens, obviously, remains to be seen. But um, we'll be covering that Tuesday. Believe it or not, Tuesday two yeah, thirty. A corporate news today. Um, yeah, the Bank of Queensland, this is a big one. So yeah. share price has been absolutely hammered. At mm-hmm. one point, it was down more than 7%. So separate undertakings with Austrac as well as APRA, and it's in relation to risk management. I mean, risk management failures at the bank. I was reading an article in The Fin. You know, Chanticleer Clear had been asking the new CEO, Patrick Alloway, who was mm-hmm. former chairman and chair, recently yeah, um, and said, because apparently there was a rumor out there in the market that the Bank of Queensland was in the sights of the regulators, to which he denied it, and then of course this has come out today. So yeah, yeah Bank of I Queensland about
0: that too. He sort of battered it away a little bit, because mm-hmm. uh, it has been, in the, like you said, it's been sort of spe- um, I guess percolating through the markets for a little while, but um. Yeah, I don't know. Just I don't know what blew the lid off today, but it's, it's clearly caught some by surprise.
1: Yeah, and so what it means as well for investors is the Bank of Queensland will not only have to deal with this um, impost, um, you know, the extra provisioning, but also, uh, you know, what money has to be sent, spent to bring these risk management practices up to scratch. Um, look, I think we've got some charts no anyways appin appin i had my eye on you mentioned brain chip uh, just a little while ago in relation to the ai thematic i think that you can look no further than appin uh, Appin up by 12 percent today on no news but it has some AI say news. a very tenuous link to ai uh, but nevertheless you know we always see you know, an ex- a local expression of some of these big themes overseas and in it's just blowing my mind. I was listening though to a podcast yesterday on my way home, mm-hmm. um, as to do, and it was all about AI. And it was saying, "Look, AI is essentially now, it's just a really fancy pants, a uh, language predictor. Right. So, which is why it still has so many mistakes. Which is why it's quoting people wrong. Which is why sometimes it's making up mistakes because it's actually, I mean, it's it's. It's still, in some ways, infantile, Mm. although the possibilities are endless.
0: I suppose so. Blue sky thinking, hope reigns supreme, Mm. hype, mania, you call it what you want.
1: I'm obsessed with it. Anyways, uh, Paladin Energy, yet another really steep fall for Paladin. Um, After we heard that Namibia, I think it is, is planning to potentially nationalize.
0: Basically, So um, I only saw the fine print there uh, yesterday after the markets closed, but I mean, not rest assured uh, for the time being, but the government there seems to have pretty strong public support to try and effectively, well, generate greater value for the state. From these
1: assets, and um, yeah, not good. well, not shape. good for the shareholders. Perhaps very good for the people of Namibia. Anyways, it was the stock of the day. Andrew Whiteland, Henry Jennings. Let's hear what they had to say.
2: I have to say, uh, this could be a really good opportunity to pick up Paladin. The uh, the government there has recently reiterated and talked about you know, the status quo being the status quo. However, there are a number of big gas offshore projects that are coming up, and it does appear, certainly from the research that I've read, that that is the target of the government's push ah. to get minority stakes. It would be very hard. They'd have to change the constitution to look back retrospectively to Paladin mm. the Lager Heinrich mine, but they could do it for maybe these big gas right. discoveries and they have been specifically mentioned so we've seen this and it takes takes time um, you know but um, the problem is they can't pick it up and take it somewhere else yeah but at 52 53 cents It does look as if it's got potential upside.
0: Without trying to go all whisperer on you, uh, this sort of shows one of the issues around concentration risk, whereby you've just got a particular name, whereas if you had a whole basket of them, but you quite like the thematic, you know, another way to play it is just buy a uranium ETF rather than just sort of picking a name as such. I think for people who are brave of heart, uh, it might be an opportunity for you because that uranium story is not going away. Um, So, look, I'd say it's a buy, Koshi. Debt mentality there and uh, the other thing I wanted to say about that Paladin story too is that the government was fairly moderate in the way that it was communicating this to, to its miners that it really wanted to emphasise that some of the value added elements of um, the, the product have to be com- kept in Namibia so try and keep some of that wealth um, and the benefits of obviously uh, those commodities in the country too, so there's still some sort of scope there, but potentially for Paladin and other miners to sort of work within that, and obviously you know, yeah, it was
1: what I heard. It was taking a small equity stake. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, can you blame them? Really? I, you know I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, am I'm a,
0: you know, rather nationalise these sorts of things, rent-seeking businesses, all, all for it. But it seems actually quite moderate. It wasn't this kind of like, you know, radical. We're just going kind of, Possess no. everything. It's like you know, help us out a little bit and mm-hmm. cooperate with, with what we need.
1: All right. Well, we'll get a call into the company. I know that it has responded to some sort of media spec. You know, the media talk about that, but it'd be interesting to get a on the ground view. Well, shall we?
0: Yes. And uh, well, maybe we'll start with that because I know that uh, at least in the Twitter sphere, there's some uh, rabid uranium folks oh, uh, yeah. out there. William Symes. He's uh, in for Macro Capital today. Uh, Will, do you have many folks on the desk there that uh, are uranium bugs? So I've got a couple of mates of mine that's, um, well, they think it's, again, blue skies for, for, for nuclear.
3: Look, I work um, very closely with Mark Gardner, who comes on the show quite a bit, um, and he's certainly been in and out of uranium quite a few times, yeah. uh, both Paladin um, and Boss Energy, yeah. um, both good companies, and we do, uh, don't mind uranium in the longer term. Obviously, Paladin's exposed those geopolitical risks at the moment. Um, but BOSS is kind of close to those all-time highs. Um, But in general, we don't mind the space. Okay, to have a bit of uranium exposure in the portfolio.
0: Yeah, just as such.
1: It was a bad day though, like putting uranium to one side for commodities in general, for the big miners in general, for coal in general. Uh, Do we trace most of that back to that Chinese PMI?
3: Yeah, look, I think the the Chinese PMI figures certainly came in um, a lot worse than anticipated. Um, It came in at 48.8 and the forecast was 51.4. And so certainly dragging down a number of the kind of big um, names in the materials sector. Uh, Obviously, New Hope and Whitehaven were smashed harder than some of the
0: iron ore miners, uh, but kind of dragged the whole sector down. Mm. Because, I mean, obviously you said before we've been talking a lot with Mark, as as we do on a a Wednesday. but the story for a little while is that you've got iron ore prices kind of going in this direction, you've got the global growth outlook going in a similar direction, but you know, for a while there, those valuations on some of those big miners, we're looking you know, relatively rich at one stage, BHP's still around sort of record highs despite that. So are you guys still feeling a little bit cautious when it comes to these really cyclical stocks?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have certainly been. Um largely out of cyclical stocks over the past um, few months. Obviously, your BHPs are quite often core positions for most Aussie investors, um, but lightning exposure and kind of heading a little bit more defensive in nature. um, And I think that CPI figure out this morning um, certainly adds weight to the validity of that thesis and just being a little bit more risk-off and a little bit more risk-averse at this point in time.
1: Yeah, and so on that inflation read, what is the House view as to whether or not that makes it… Well, it's more difficult for the RBA now, an RBA that continues to tell us that they are data dependent. They told the Senate Economics Committee today that inflation is still a key concern. So, will we get a hike next week, point blank?
3: Look, I think if you look at analyst consensus at the moment uh, on the back of the um, CPI figures this morning, they're currently tipping a hike of 25 bps at about a 17.8% probability. Um, So most of the market still doesn't think it'll be a, a huge rate hike. Um, But originally, I think we were pricing in, what, two more hikes um, this year. And so I think that um, inflationary reading could mean it's a little bit more aggressive than what most investors originally thought. Um, That said, uh, a fair bit of the CPI figure out um, this morning was attributable uh, attributable to the um,
0: automotive fuel and the excise um, tax. Mm -hmm. How much chat now are you getting from people calling up wanting to find opportunities in AI? Has it filtered to that end of things yet? Because, I mean, I... Have you know little connections to, to broken houses, and you can just see the, the 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 interest spike. Is that starting to come through from on the phones? It's like, how do I get involved in this space? Is there anything at home? What's 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 it like out there?
3: Uh, look, we actually haven't noticed it mm. as much, to be honest. I think the the majority of the rally recently has been um, not has not been driven by institutional money. Mm. Uh, it's more so been um, retail money, uh, and so I think a lot of the people that I speak to are pretty aware that the economic situation out there is quite dire. Um, when you look at the fastest, one of the fastest hiking cycles in history, CPI figures, um, all those kind of things, obviously a looming U.S. debt ceiling on the 5th. Um, so uh, we're kind of still still risk off at the moment.
1: So, so risk off, so what are you buying? Because I know you guys are pretty active.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: so is it defensive names? What defensive names, what sectors?
3: Yeah, look, I think... Um, If you look at the best performing sectors in a recessionary environment, uh, the two best performing sectors are healthcare and precious metals. Um, I think if you're looking at the ASX, it's hard to go past CSL um, as a high quality um, healthcare name, one of the only stocks in the green today as well, uh, which kind of adds weight to the thesis that healthcare is an outperformer in the kind of down market in a recessionary environment. Um, So most of our clients have reasonably hefty allocations towards CSL. Um, and if you're looking at the kind of precious metals um, side as well, we're actually looking at adding a little bit of silver exposure to client mm. portfolios um, as opposed to gold. Um, Mark... It,
1: You've been it, hanging yeah, out with Mark.
3: park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mark's no gold bug. Um, but look, silver part of the reason we quite like silver as opposed to gold at the moment is that it has uh, far more use cases. Mm. About 58% of its demand uh, is derived from industrial use cases, whereas only about 8% um, for gold. So it kind of ticks two boxes for us there. Uh, And I think in the event that um, the US gets their credit rating, downgraded uh, on the back of the debt ceiling, we should see a spike in those precious metals.
0: Mm. Because, I mean, this, talking to a lot of people recently, you know, clearly we're not going to have new crest to be able to invest in anymore at a certain point mm. uh, or not the same way. So, I mean, have you seen any sort of interest in a particular gold miner? Do you have a bias perhaps at the desk for a particular gold miner don't at, like gold. at all? Oh, sorry. No, you don't like gold. No, I like silver. We prefer the silver over gold, so no gold. Look, we've got a little bit of gold. I
3: think
1: your clients would probably bully you into having a bit of gold, wouldn't they? Well, I think uh,
3: silver's kind of been a little bit of an an (laughs) alternative. We do have a little bit of gold. Um, In terms of looking at a kind of undervalued gold name, Regis Resources, I think, is probably one of the more undervalued names at the moment. Um, we probably prefer gold road from a, a long-term growth perspective, but if you're looking for a value buy at the moment, uh, we quite like Regis, um, and particularly with um, gold at those elevated levels, um, if they start kind of raking in high profits, should see a higher dividend
0: yield on Regis as well. So, because S- Silver Lake has the gold and silver, uh, a lot are there? Silver. Not, not a lot of silver at Silver Lake I don't think it's a huge yeah. what, a what was the big what, what's the big silver play on, on the AISF I
1: think there's one called Silver Mines, silver mines there's not right. a lot of pure play silver so you would do Did that you, by an ETF yeah, yeah. That's so the best play,
0: yeah. we're doing it through an ETF
3: ETP mag which gives you direct exposure towards the underlying asset um, being silver. I think the other thing for us as well is that gold's obviously quite elevated right now. And if you look Mm -hmm. at the gold to silver ratio at the moment, it's well above its 30 year long run average. uh, And so indicating that silver's uh, undervalued at the moment relative to gold.
1: Okay. Well, look, it's been awesome to have you in. Thank you very much. You're welcome back anytime. Um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, say hi to Mark for us. (laughs) (laughs)
0: William Steins there from Macro Capital, of course.
1: I just thought before we get to the leaders in Lager, uh, yes. like check this out. This is really poor looking um, from a market map perspective, so you can mm. see a little bit of life in gold, a little bit in some of those, well, industrials, Qantas is up 1%, uh, AIA is up by uh, close to a percentage point, but it's like really negative when you look at the percentage falls on there. So. Um, we you put a positive spin on things, shall we look at the leaders? <laughs>
0: Let's see where they were to be found. Megaport's up by 4.8% and brain chip holdings again, arguably another one of those uh, AI thematics locally being uh, pushed higher.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna mention Megaport because it was really battered and bruised even on a day that Macquarie came out and upgraded it. And I think that was Monday, just going by memory. So it's interesting to see that it seems to be catching up maybe Mm. with uh, that recommendation. But anyways, 5% is pretty interesting. Brain chip... um, yeah, AI, yeah, Illumina. I'm not well. seeing any news associated with Illumina, which is an interesting one when we've got so much pressure coming through on the commodities complex. Yeah, Tilikin has been
0: bouncing around a fair bit recently. Obviously, we had that sort of face ripping rally after it reported a few weeks ago, and it seems to be kind of just, I guess, uh, from a technical point of view, you'd call that distribution. Uh, but it's up today by two point seven four percent. I know that's yeah, the, uh, the, the, the way you do it in financial markets, the impenetrable just, language. You know, yeah, yeah. I just, I just rely them. on news, Dav- dazzle them. Um, <laughs> Degray. was upgraded
1: to a buy mm. from a neutral by. UBS and so that always or usually does some pretty good things for the share price and it has today up by about 2% now just off of uh, that list Paladin Energy uh, is picking itself up off the mat it uh, again I said responded to some of that media uh, well not speculation the media reporting on that Namibian situation which is not yet confirmed. And uh, other than that, Northern Star, I suppose, is one of those companies that have, you know, helped uh, mitigate some of the losses for the market. But again, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty tough day out there, as evidenced by this lagards list. Yeah,
0: and let's go to those now. So uh, Whitehead & Coal ended up at the bottom of the pack. Yeah, Whitehaven
1: and Bank of Queensland were sort of battling it out all day for the worst performer. Well, yes,
0: and uh, well, in AFL terms for Victoria, you call it the wooden spoon. Do
1: you call it wooden spoon in rugby? I as have well? no idea. What you're asking me? What we call things in rugby? you okay, <laughs> Fifteen years, yeah,
0: longer than me, I guess.
1: Yeah. No. Anyway,
0: there we go. There's the the battle for today's wooden spoon. Uh, Whitehaven, colin Bank of Queensland. What does that
1: mean? It's
0: like you, the the kind of like non prize you get ah. for finishing at the bottom of a ladder. In okay, the
1: all right. The well,
0: Victorians thank- out there would would, would know. Well, anyone who lives <laughs> south of. Maybe in the middle of the country. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we digress. Ingham's, didn't see much there. Um, don't know if there's anything happening with uh, chicken prices. I mean, uh, don't know, which is
1: an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I don't see any news associated with Ingham's Group or no. Premier Investments. I think it's just that sentiment toward Consumer consumers, yeah. uh, you know, obviously. And then you've got New Hope Call with the uh, new... new Newcastle, price of coal retreating. Lifestyle Communities is just off the page, but Mm. I thought it was worthwhile mentioning it because in the small cap space, came out, it was look a negative update coming from the company. It's still seeing good flows from annuities. Um, but it did have fewer settlements. And uh, today, uh, Goldman Sachs is out on the company and has actually lifted its price target to $27.95, but still getting sold off and pretty significantly by 3.3%. And then West Farmers, it's unusual that you see West Farmers, particularly because it's such a quote-unquote defensive a yeah, low beta company, yeah. For um, but you know, on a day like today, uh, when the sentiment has just turned particularly toward retailers, uh, look, it's uh, one of the worst performers, down more than three percent.
0: Let's get across the smalls now. This is always fun, and uh, I think Archer is to do with AI as well. Archer Materials yeah. is, I okay, guess. Yeah. So, what do they what do they do? Well,
1: they talk about nanote- quantum quantum physics being incorporated into their technology, but right. I, I reckon it's just a play on that. BetMakers has done a restructure, Okay. shares up by about 20%. And the restructure, by the way, means taking a whole lot of cost out of the business, and that includes jobs. You saw Appen on that list again, that yeah. AI thematic.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, you're going to have to lead us no, through here don't as well. ask me. You got nothing there? Nah,
1: no, got nothing. Usually yeah. I do. Got nothing today on those no, ones. That's
0: right. It's that's... been a
1: busy day. We've been at the SIA conference for the past couple of days. We have. We've had some great conversations there. I had we a fantastic do. conversation today. We don't have it online because it was a panel discussion with some familiar faces, Blair Hannon from Global X ETFs, and Cameron Gleason from Beta shares Martin Randall from LGT Crestone. So look, we've got a whole heap of content on the website from the SIA conference. Um, Chris Joy today, Danielle yes. Akiye caught up with him from Koolaba Capital She's from Angkor. the from, actually. I
0: know. We should get her on straight. street, like born a street talk for, for this, this. Yeah, this she whole,
1: well, we call it TV thing, podcasty yeah. thing. We'll have to go to Dana Martin Place on that. Uh, every, every <laughs> rates sh- day. Rate day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, tonight, we've got actually a lot on. Mm. Uh, it's all US-based. Um, Jolt's job openings, the quit rate will be interesting in That's there.
0: That's huge, yep.
1: As the Chicago PMI, the Fed Reserve's beige book, and then we've got a whole lot of these FOMC speakers. So it's not just rates. I- guess that they'll be asked about, but it'll also be whatever happens ultimately with this debt ceiling.
0: Yeah. And actually, we'll have that vote, I think, in the next 24 mm-hmm. hours as well. And um, well, there was a little bit of rancor there, apparently, in Washington oh, around that's some surprise. of the details. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> d- divided divided Congress. Who, who would have thought? Um, and uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, well, what did we got up there? House, mm. oh, of course, yep. June 1st. God, first, first day of the month, of course, it's gonna be the CoreLogic house price update. And uh, well, the RBA did allude uh, in a lot of their uh, commentaries recently to the in house prices as a reason for them to be well on guard as well as the weaker Australian dollar too. Um, but global manufacturing PMIs, that'll be the final uh, uh, release for the month. So perhaps not as influential as the numbers we got a fortnight ago, but nevertheless, we'll get um, a good pulse check on the global economy, especially after today's week figures out of China.
1: So Misa Blast is putting out its quarterly. That's always a volatile stock. TNE trading ex dividend after updating the market last week, the week before last. Um, so we'll be watching all of those companies. Look, right now, what's really in focus is just that data from China. Those global growth concerns that you've rightly flagged right off the top. Uh, Asian markets have been hammered. Hong Kong stocks almost confirming a bear market. The yuan has dropped on that China market miss. So again, it's just um, some of those same themes coming to the fore as we still will be watching for that US House vote. It's uh, expected to happen urgently on that debt ceiling suspension. Of course, uh, money's expected to run out on the 5th.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to ha- have a little bit of a puke over the next few days, but we'll see how it goes. Um, nevertheless, very, very busy and all uh, well, of course, if you want to catch up on everything that we did mm-hmm. do today, it's on your website and app. Fantastic content there until uh, tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just to reiterate, this local market, I mean, now that we've had the match-out come through, the S&P ASX 200 down by 1.6%. So for the week, we're uh, now down by pretty close to 1%. So it was a really terrible day. And we've got US futures still quite negative.
0: Yeah, and down 2.7% for the month of May. Perhaps that's the note that uh, we'll leave them on. And hopefully we pick things up, well, on a better one tomorrow morning.
1: We'll see you from 9.30. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.